0: Okay, good evening everyone We're back We have meditators here at our center We're back on the internet Broadcasting live The time for beginning So we go back to the beginning Where it all began Under the Bodhi tree The Bodhisatta This prince in India Left home Just like all of us leave home to come to Better ourselves spiritually And he went to a secluded place and he sat under a tree and And he realized a very important truth He found the beginning This was the beginning of Buddhism and he found the beginning He found uh, where it all starts And so when we talk about meditation It's important, It's, it's, it's really a crucial distinction that we make Between, I mean really meditation that doesn't get to the root And meditation that gets to the root Some people object to this separating a meditation into two categories But I think it's it's quite easy to see the difference, if you understand it correctly (coughs) What the Buddha saw, because he had been practicing meditation He had practiced various types of meditation And he realized that they didn't get to the root They were great They were the kind of meditation that would lead you to Deep trance states Sort of uh, transcendental meditative states And even lead you to be reborn in the Brahma worlds as a god This was how one became one with God In India at the time And he still said this isn't the way He remembered or he had a sense that I've been to the Brahma worlds before That's not the way out of suffering The Brahma worlds are not an end He could sense that this wasn't getting to the root And And it quite clearly isn't. I mean the problem that these sort of meditations have is explaining the connection. How does this connect with the real problem? I can enter into a trance state, I can experience great peace, but how does that relate to my problems? How does that relate to my anxiety? How does that relate to my addiction? How does that relate to my suffering? Because it appears to just be avoiding the problem It appears to just be Trying to escape your problems Rather than solve them And so what the Buddha realized was Something that started with Pachaya saṅkhāra Ignorance With ignorance as the cause There arise formations Sankhara It's a very important buddhist word Avijjapachaya Sankhara Vijja means knowledge Avijja Means lack of knowledge He realized that lack of knowledge is the root Ignorance Which is a very important point because It's quite different from the idea that Lack of effort, right? Lack of control Those aren't the cause of our problems Sankara is our problems Sankara means we create things, right? we create things, we have ambitions, we have goals we build up lives for ourselves, we're starting with birth we did this, we decided when we died, hey that looks nice, let's go that way and we clung to something we clung to this and it created this, out of that and then as we grow, as we're born and we grow we cling and we cling and we make decisions and we cultivate ambitions And we become, and we become, and we form, and we form And we form habits And our habits grow into patterns, and they become Ingrained, and become very much a part of who we are And so what the Buddha saw was very important, that it was ignorance it wasn't control right? So in meditation we're not trying to actively fix our problems You're not sitting there and saying Out with you anger, out with you greed Out with you delusion, go away, get lost You're not trying to control them You're not trying to fix them You're trying to understand them I think it's quite novel, I mean it's actually quite incredible in its simplicity Uh, Sometimes you look at Buddhism as a Buddhist meditator and you think It's amazing that I didn't see that It's remarkable how blind we are How much ignorance we truly have that we can't see these simple things And the simple truth is We suffer because we don't understand We suffer because We're ignorant I mean, you think, you think that you know, you know you're doing you're doing something wrong. We we think we know that anger is bad for us, greed is bad for us. We think we know that we're in the wrong. We think to ourselves, I know I've got a problem. I know i you know, anxiety is bad for me. but the truth is that we don't know the truth is that we have in our minds uh, an an almost unconscious uh, reactivity and a stimulus arises and we react in our said ways and you notice that we actually appear to think that that's the proper way to react if someone says something nasty to you you think it's good to get angry at them, right? Or if I say something that you think is rude or, or uh, impolite or if I do something like if I cut you off in traffic or if I ate the last chocolate or something if I made loud noise we had one meditator here who was complaining about us using people using the bathroom at the wrong time I think it's good to get angry I think it's good to get upset about things when we reflect we think I know I know I shouldn't get angry but in reality we don't know that's the simplicity of it so when we talk about habits meditation is really uh, divided down this line are you creating new habits because if you're trying to fix things you're Just creating a new habit of trying to fix things. you're creating the new habit of reacting. I mean it can be quite wholesome. Suppose if you have anger and you, you counter it with love, that can be quite a good thing. But good things are, are formations as well. Good things will take you to heaven or, or to the God realms, or you know they'll make you very happy they won't solve your problems they don't get to the root they don't cut off the ignorance they, they couldn't, they have nothing to do with the, the, the cause they have nothing to do with the problem if you want to free yourself from greed, anger and delusion the only way to do it is to look and to understand and to see that greed, anger and delusion are bad for you They're problems The Buddha figured all this out in one night, the Bodhisattva That's why we call him the Buddha, because he figured this all out He looked inside himself and he didn't fix himself He understood himself He came to understand how the mind worked freed himself from the ignorance because when you look at your Sankaras when you look at how suppose you like there's food and you find it delicious and you like it as you watch that if you're mindful if you eat as a meditation You find that that desire, that attachment, that addiction drops away There's no reason for it, there's no benefit to it You find it stressful you find it uncomfortable You realize that it's just going to lead to more problems If you like the food, you're going to eat more of it You're going to overeat, perhaps Or if you don't like the food You're going to starve yourself, etc. You're going to suffer No it's not going to be pleasant, even though you eat the food and you're, un- you're uncomfortable. Or you hear the noise, or you feel the heat or the cold. All of these things we can't control, this house especially. Sometimes it's too hot, sometimes it's too cold. We try to adjust it, but in the end you can't fix it. It's going to be hot sometimes, it's going to be cold sometimes but the liking and disliking that's up to us so the other type of meditation is not about fixing our habits or changing our habits or building new habits it's about understanding our habits and through understanding that's how real change comes about because as you watch you come to understand and part of the understanding is this brilliant Light shining down, showing you, showing you what you're doing wrong, showing you the nature of your habits, showing you where you're mixed up, showing you where you're going wrong, and helping you change. So this is why the Buddha taught what we call mindfulness his, His idea was just to bring people back to the present moment Bring people back to reality Mindfulness is not, it doesn't mean awareness Awareness is what comes from mindfulness But mindfulness is the act, the activity Our activity is not to change, it's not to fix It's to return Mindfulness really means to remember or to, to recollect It has to do with memory When you keep something in mind When you grasp something properly So our ordinary experience is fleeting We experience something and then we're gone When you have food You, know, you think you know that you're eating But your knowledge of eating is only for a moment You have the taste in that moment You're present but the next moment we're off thinking about how good it tastes, and boy, I should make this for myself at home and whatever, it's a jumping off point to so many different things, and covered in delusion or, or you know, blanketed by this ignorance, this darkness that, that has no clear awareness of reality. So mindfulness is what creates this awareness when you remind yourself. Hence the use of a mantra. A mantra is a very common, a very ancient meditation technique and we apply it regularly, continuously, repeatedly. I mean, the goal isn't the mantra itself. The mantra is a tool to cultivate uh, objective awareness. It forces your mind into a state of clear awareness. So, the habit that we're cultivating is clarity. When you see something and you say to yourself, seeing, I mean, you're not, it's not magic, you're reminding yourself, hey, that's not good, that's not bad, that's seeing. When you have pain, you remind yourself, pain, pain, it's just pain. It allows you to see it clearly and then. When you see yourself reacting, when you're angry, or or when you want something, or when you're confused, or when you're anxious And you focus on that, and then you can see that clearly, you say anxious, anxious, not running anymore, not trying to change even Just trying to understand You straighten your mind out, so that you see it clearly as it is, not uh, biased, right? Our ordinary outlook on reality is biased. That's the problem. So we can't let our biases guide us this way or that way. All we have to do is remove our biases. And then let the clarity do its thing. Once you see clearly, you, you let go. Nothing is worth clinging to. This is the bold truth that the Buddha proclaimed. It's a claim that he made So we have this bold claim that if you look clearly If you really see things as they are You won't cling to anything You'll find there is nothing worth clinging to And if that's true Which we claim it is Then that simply is the answer You don't have to fix your problems You don't have to change your life All you have to do is look And once you look, you'll see Once you see, you'll know If you want to know, you have to see If you want to see, you have to look And that is where it all begins With the looking So There you go I'm going to be on here every night, so I'm not giving long Dhamma talks every night. Just give you a little bit of Dhamma. This is the beginning and every day I'll be back. Sorry for the technical difficulties. I'm not sure whether the internet is actually getting this, but most important is you here at home. So I hope this is a little bit of encouragement and appreciate very much what you guys are doing, the work that you're doing here. We have two French-Canadian, no, uh, Quebec-Canadian meditators and one woman from Romania, and then Javen is still with us from America, and downstairs there's another American man who didn't come up today, so we're really a full house. Okay, so that's the Dhamma talk for tonight, you're all welcome to go back to your meditation and those of you on the internet if you have questions i can answer a few questions maybe How are we doing the questions are we doing them on the site is that the, what what i what i decided We've got a bunch of questions here on the site. So I'll go through these then. Mm. A good friend recently ordained. It was somewhat unexpected and she opted not to make a large announcement about it. Hmm. you're trying to practice right speech what should you do if you have information but don't feel comfortable sharing it or maybe even have been asked not to share it I don't think it's that detailed you know I mean that's the point where it gets complicated and you have to look at your intentions it's usually much less but it's important to understand that that's that's not really where right speech deals with um, I mean, to some extent it is, or or, I guess in the details it is, but you don't want to overcomplicate it. So wrong speech is if you outright lie, know, knowingly, or you try to, your intention in ta- saying something is to divide people, or to hurt someone, or if it's just speech that is useless. I mean, useless speech, of course, is the most difficult but to overcome, but it's still wrong speech. So with the speech you're talking about, I mean, it gets more, I mean, a, a lot of it is just functional wrong speech, right? Like if I say something to someone with good intentions or pure intentions, then, um, and and, so, and yet it makes someone else angry, like, hey, why did you tell that person that it may not be wrong speech at all? Uh, I think there are certain instances where the speech wasn't wrong, but you were unmindful in the thoughts that led you to the speech and because of your lack of mindfulness you didn't consider uh, the consequences of your actions and that's wrong right so so I mean if you're if you're an arahant you're much less likely to say the wrong thing but you can you still can an arahant still might say something to make someone upset I think that's uh, unavoidable yeah, right so the wrongness of it is purely functional and an Arahant would probably apologize for saying the wrong thing they had no bad intentions That's the point So when it comes to things like there's questions about keeping promises If you make a promise to someone and then you break it Is that immoral? Well no, not really in a Buddhist sense I, I would say I mean there's a question about that But my thought on it is no it's not Because at the time you really intended to to carry out that promise But um, circumstances change and maybe you even realize something afterwards oh i can't keep that promise right that was, it wasn't in your mind at the time um and as far as you know complex in I- examples such as this one where you're not sure whether you should disclose other people's personal information um I would say is much more functional than actually moral or immoral you're talking about something that mindfulness will help give you a sort of a sense of what's right and what's wrong but it's not going to solve the problem at all times so uh, I mean I think the answer to your question here is just be mindful be mindful and and as with many cases like this not just about speech but about action as well uh, don't expect to always have the right answer Expect to be wrong sometimes I mean we we live and learn Even arahants continue to learn In these instances Struggling to combine meditation practices With regular life When talking about a field that requires A lot of suffering, studying Right, so the idea that it gets in the way of your ambitions, it gets in the way of of studying and so on I mean I think that's fair, but I think you can compartmentalize right I mean med- meditation is a habit, so it's something you have to keep up and do regularly or you lose it. it starts to fade, but um, it doesn't mean you have to do it all the time. I mean, ideally that would be great, but when you do other things, you're just taking a break, and it's the commentaries say it's like you, you put your bags down, or or it was some maybe it was a modern monk who said you put your bags down, and then you pick them up. I think, I think the Seti commentary says something like that, like you're carrying a bag and you put it down, put it down. Just make sure you go back and pick it up again. So when you're studying or so on, yes, maybe you can't be mindful or not very mindful. There are ways, but um, to consider it a break and just be, be conscious in your mind that you're going to go back to it. As far as ambitions, well, yes, I mean, the reason that's happening is because all of these things are useless. It's useless to do pretty much anything in the world. It's not much use to most of the things that we engage in And as you start to see that, you start to give it up But the point is, it, it, it's not, it's not the brainwashing It's just learning that they're useless And if they're useless, you don't have to worry about stopping to do them You should be happy that you're stopping to do useless things Beyond that, I can't give much advice I know most people, that puts them in quite a quandary Because they've made lives of doing useless things Or things that Buddhism would consider useless Or things that you come to realize through meditation Are are not as useful as you thought Uh, It's a struggle that we all go through And eventually, hopefully, you, you, you work it out And you give up the things that are useless Sometimes I feel there's too much going on at once And so I'm not sure which things to note to do in such a circumstance, just note whatever clearest. It doesn't really matter. It's not magic that you have to catch everything. Find something that's clear and, and be mindful of it. One must observe the thought itself rather than getting lost in the content. Whenever I notice the mind thinking, the thought usually stops. So I don't think it's possible to observe it. Right. Yes, I mean, noting is always right after. So maybe that's, that, maybe that, that um, language is imprecise. That it's, we're not actually observing it. We're reminding ourselves, hey, that was just a thought, so that you don't get caught up in it. The fact that it's the moment after is not consequential. It's, it's fine. I mean, it's the way it's supposed to be. Sending the mind out to each moment of rising and falling rather than repeating the he- mantra in the head of the mouth. For ordinary people, the idea of sending the mind anywhere outside the head is a very foreign concept. Well, meditation is very foreign. The mind seems to reside in the brain. Well, you're just going to have to let go of that idea. Send the mind out to the stomach. Maybe watch. When, when that happens, you might want to watch your emotions, whether you're confused or frustrated or doubting or so on. But... Uh, Eventually you just have to give up all that Analytical thought And just send the mind out to the stomach What the Buddha said about love And how we should act Should we act with love Or should our mindfulness always be put before love Did the Buddha love? Um, Yes, the Buddha had experiences of love Um, So it's kind of important to separate the the, the the mindfulness practice and mindfulness itself I mean technically mindfulness is in every wholesome consciousness I think um, But what all we're trying to do is what we're trying to do is cultivate a specific type of mindfulness or repeated mindfulness or many qualities that are associated with with mindfulness that aren't in all mind states um, but for an arahant, for example, they don't have to do that When they have love, there's, there's a clarity of mind I mean, love is a wholesome mind state in itself So there's not a problem there um, Should we cultivate it? it? Love itself isn't going to free you from suffering I mean, the Buddha had it as an outpouring of, as a habit, right? Um, and we all have it to a certain extent as a habit And cultivating it will s- support the practice of insight um, So that's the place that it takes As far as should you I mean, It's maybe a little more complicated It's something supportive So there may be times where you should I mean there's no answer like Yes everyone, at a, everyone should practice it At this time or that time But it can be useful And it should be understood As, as positive, as beneficial But it should be also understood As not freeing one from suffering Not, not completely, right? It's only a support. Can monastics engage in any form of media entertainment? Uh, not for entertainment purposes, but some things that could be considered entertainment could also be considered information. So, you know, there's a gray area to some extent. Or, I mean, it's much more about your intentions and, and so on. And, the, you know, because entertainment and information often come together, so. Yeah, so you just have to be Discreet, no, not discreet You have to be I don't know what the word is You have to be careful In what way can karma impact those who are incapable of feeling remorse? I think no one is really incapable of feeling remorse Those people who who feel very little remorse Are in a very bad way That means they've gotten themselves in such a bad way that they no longer are in tune with reality hardly at all Um, but I would say not incapable there may be I mean there may be a certain type of person who for some time or even for this life is incapable but I think it's much more rare I think those people who we think are incapable are just very much out of tune with it and it's gonna take them a long time to really even be aware that they are Suffering, or that they are hurting themselves, um, but you know they're in such a bad way that it's 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 the worst sort of state, and their, their karma, their their the results of that are going to be generally horrific. When the session ends, no sound is heard. That's a technical issue. You might want to bring it up with the. Webmaster, the people running this, I think there's an email address you can contact Kali Yuga, I don't know what that is. I think it's a Tibetan thing. I'm not really clear on it okay, so if you if you are trying to do meditation um this, this site is only for when you're actually doing it you can you can always log it later if you want, but. Supposed to be uh, ideally for when you're actually doing it, how are we doing? I got five more questions. Did Buddha completely deny the presence of self, or did he say that it is an unskillful unanswered question since the presence mm. He didn't ever completely deny the presence of self um and I, th- and I I think less for it, has, it doesn't really have anything to do with the idea That he thought there was a self It's for the the fact that it's Yes, it's the sort of um, You know, the idea It confuses people when you say There is no self Because uh, Well, they think of themselves as, as an individual, right? It's a confusing question But self isn't the sort of thing that can exist A self is and what we come to see is that um, reality is non-self, or, or experiences are non-self. And the problem with saying there is no self is that it's not an experiential answer or an experiential statement, right? Reality is not, from a Buddhist perspective, made up of entities. So the idea that some things should or shouldn't exist is in the wrong context. In the context of experience, it's not things, it's experience. And experience is not self. It's not entities. It's about getting away from the idea of entities entirely. When I arrive at access concentration, I get scared. Do you have any advice? Well, it sounds like you might be practicing a different type of meditation. Because when you're scared in our tradition We just say scared, scared and let it go We're not interested in getting into trances and so on I get a warm feeling like a peace blanket Can't seem to replicate that feeling So there's a method to provoke or help this feeling Yes. No. Um, that's not our goal. You might want to read my booklet on how to meditate. It might help you understand the sort of meditation that we practice. Um, the point being that you're suffering because you're trying, and that and what you're seeing is non-self. This is the idea that you can't control. You're not in charge. You. You. These things don't belong to you, and so clinging to them, like you are clinging to it. It's just a cause for suffering You're inevitably going to suffer if you have that sort of attitude That sort of of outlook or that sort of goal On the other hand, you know, it is, it's true It's a reason that brings people to meditate in the beginning So in the interim it can be um, useful to make people want to meditate As they see that there are states that they've never experienced before But in the end you have to let go of it I do longer sessions, I faint Do you recommend to adjust posture? Certain for straining the back Yeah, no, you won't strain the back um, you're, you, you, know, you might get a little bit slouched over time But uh, it's not going to hurt your back Not uh, Not according to Dr. Me Uh, I mean my teacher has a slouched back and he slouches when he sits, he's 90 something But he's been sitting in meditation for um, 70, 80 years And his back's fine Because you're relaxed, right? I mean I think a big part of what strains the back and does a real damage to your body in general Is the stress, the mental stress, the tension Tension will tie you in knots And will really warp you And cause a lot of suffering But when you relax Your legs go down You're able to sit cross-legged Even in the lotus position Quite easily Your back relaxes So you don't have back aches And so on I Feel like I inhale fully while meditating Is this our breath? Is this or breath? Breathe at a normal rate um, I don't understand, but I think, um, if, if I understand what you're saying, no, we, we try to just watch the breath, not control it, or not change it. If you notice it different, then you just note that, you say, knowing, knowing, or feeling, feeling. But we're not actively trying to control or, or condition the breath. Oh, we've got someone really upset at me (laughs) Whatever, (sighs) sorry Why am I not? Here's a good question. Why am I not answering you questions on YouTube? Well, because the YouTube audience tends to be a little bit rough and uh, unfiltered. If you're not able to take, anyone can sign up on our website. If you're not willing to take the time to get a little bit more engaged and committed, then, uh, yeah, sorry. I could answer questions till the cows came home. And there'd still be more questions to answer So yeah, I limit them If you don't like it, that's fine I mean, I'm not perfect And I've got lots of people who really don't like me Or don't like what I do And that's fine too Wish you all the best But no, I'm not answering questions on YouTube You do have to go to our site Sorry about that But hey, I'm not getting paid You're not paying me So if you don't like it, go somewhere else Okay, that's all for tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a good night.